strong voices. It's not just about one state, it's not just about one community, it's about all of our communities. The issues that face Indigenous peoples around the world sit at the heart of the questions that we're asking about the future of our political order. I am here and now, and I speak my language. I practice my cultural essence of me. What we do need is a more critical race consciousness in this country, a preparedness to talk about race, to talk about the way in which racialized logics are inscribed upon our bodies and to critically examine them in order to change it. The government's changed, but we've got to be still here. We're always going to be still here. We've been here for 65,000 years and I don't think we're going to go anywhere. What the system still struggles with is this collaboration with First Nations people. A strong voice is an Aboriginal voice. Hello, good morning and welcome to Strong Voices. We're coming to you live from the Calm Radio Studios here on Aranda Country in Central Australia and broadcasting to all nations through Vast Channel uh, 911 and on 8KenFM here in Ambato Alice Springs where it's a nice, cool morning. We're also coming to you live, of course, online at uh, karma.com.au. Today is the first day of the working week. It's Monday, the 24th of June, 2019. My name's Carl Dowling and I'm your host for Strong Voices today. Well, today we have a special program covering one specific topic. As we know, over the past few weeks, our discussions around the Aboriginal flag have been ongoing. And today we're going to be hearing an exclusive interview with Karma Radio from the creator and copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag, uh, Harold Thomas, who's going to be sharing his thoughts and explaining uh, the situation surrounding the Aboriginal flag this morning. We're going to be heading to a track first and then going into the first part of that uh, conversation. G'day, folks. This is Kutcher Edwards, and you're listening to our Strong Voices here on Karma Radio. That's right. You're listening to Strong Voices this uh, Monday morning. Well, uh, over the past few weeks, the Aboriginal flag has been at the centre of a national discussion following a number of uh, cease and desist orders to a range of organisations in regards to using the flag on clothing. Questions were asked about copyright ownership of the flag. In an exclusive interview with Karma Radio, creator and uh, copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag at Literature One by Man, Harold Thomas explains. Harold, welcome back. Oh, it's a pleasure to hear a voice from Alice Springs, my birthplace. Alice is in the heart of Australia and desert all around. The red soil, the red earth, the red sand hills and the red rock of McDonnell Ranges. I'm a desert man and I'll always remain a desert man and I'm proud of that fact. For those who don't know, you are the creator of the Aboriginal flag and I'm sure you must be very, very proud of the role that you played in that. You were actually awarded copyright of the image some time ago. Proven. I've always had copyright. This is the case that any artist who creates an image that there's their own self-manifestation under common law rights and world right, you own copyright. That's the fact. And that relates to art, music, drama, theatre, any kind of artistic endeavour that an individual has. The court case proved that I was telling the truth from 1971 and up until 1997 when there was court, the court action. The story about that is that members of ATSIC, then, which was a recognised institution created by the government to get people vote in a democratic way 
for these individuals for individuals to speak and act on our behalf to the federal government. It was they who had the idea that the Aboriginal flag should be recognised under the flag act, and from that, the federal government accepted that. I think it was under the Keating's regime, not too sure. I objected it vociferously. Who are these people to uh, uh, allow the Aboriginal flag to be blessed under the flag hat? When I said, we don't need that. We've never asked that for any symbols we created for 30,000, 40,000 years or more. So that was the, the point of my stand. Then I had no choice but to go to court and confirm my copyright that I created it. And I created it for the unification of our people as well. Now, the court made it clear. They posted advertisement to say, are there any other people of interest for the flag, let alone those other false complainants, but any other issues that they may have? No one came forward to say, if Mr. Thomas wins the case or something, that it shouldn't, the copyright shouldn't go to him or it should go to all black people throughout Australia. Not one group of people came up with that. Not in the government. The government stood back. And the government's view was that they had to wait for the decision and would accept that, that, that decision, right? But no one came forward. Those people on this petition, where were they? Some of those people, were they black at the time when the flag was made? Or they were recent people? See, this is the silly argument about the flag. What I understand is that this grievance by a particular person who claims to be an Aboriginal down south is one thing. Had to go out the company that I had an agreement with. See, under Copyright Act and I'm known and proved as that, you can exercise that. You can make agreements between companies, manufacturing companies, that you can give agreements for a day. You can give agreements that are non-exclusive. You can get agreements that are exclusive, that no one else can produce those Aboriginal flag designs on them. That's the first step. That means I can make an agreement with a non-Aboriginal company. I made an agreement with a non-Aboriginal company called Calvin Richardson on, in the very few months after. The government then had no choice because that's the rules. The government has to get validation of me making an agreement with a company that will make flags of the best quality. It's happened. So the government uh, acquires the Aboriginal flag from a legal organisation that has an agreement with the author of the Aboriginal flag, and those flags that the government acquires are spread around throughout Australia to all government agencies. That's the fact. Now, this has been going on for for that long period of time, but the Aboriginal flag's journey is a journey about our identity. And what's special about this flag is a flag not about someone's culture, specifically, or blackness. It's about those Aborigines who are the least of us. 
those who've lost all their culture, their identity. Identity in the flag affects those who are in their gutter, those who are in the parklands, those who are in and out of jail, and those who live way in the remote community. This gives them a feeling of pride because we're a united group of people. They feel this. You understand? So this latest saga about a company that claims to be Aboriginal, that claims to give funds to some Aboriginal group, is questionable. All this stuff is questionable because the company, Wham, that I have dealings with, who have exclusive rights like Carolyn Richardson, the flag makers, exactly the same. They have exclusive rights to utilise the Aboriginal flag de- design on garments and other things, right? This person objected to that because they believe that it was a white company. Did they go and ask Carlton Richardson and condemn them? No, because they don't understand the, the story of the Aboriginal flag. This is central to this. If you're not aware of copyright, if you're not aware of what agreement is, you flounder and you believe someone who's telling a lie. The first lie she said that I sold the Aboriginal flag. Outright lie. And when I spoke to the Minister for Aboriginal Affairs, Mr. Ken, I told him emphatically, it's as simple as that. And he knows I'm not not that kind of person. I'll never, ever will be. Because the flag copyrights, I am the custodian. No one's in front of me. I created it. I conceptualize it. I have exclusive rights to that flag. But also my family, they're in the middle of my cultural expression. It's their expression. My family and my wife, my children, my grandchildren, my tribes I'm associated, like the Lulacha. That's my grandmother's people, my mother's people, and my people that are in Alice Springs, the Aranda. They associate with this with me as one of their sons, person born in Alice. My father's heritage is Wamba, which is north of Tennant Creek. That's my cultural heritage. And there are those who are surrounding the Wamba uh, language tribal groups. That's theirs. This flag is them too. It's my wife's people, the Alawa, the Mangarai people, west of uh, the Roper River. This is their identity. They are close to these fl- this flag concept more than anybody. And for these idiots to play this game using media where you can slander people, slander, I mean, slander is the word, and have a go at the designer of the flag with malicious gossip and those who sign in this this so-called petition, as any of those people who associate or work for the, a grassroots black organisation like the American Legal Service, you know, are they, have they been on the committee and her henchmen's around hanging off her? No, of course they haven't. You come on my journey. You people will set yourself. When it started, there was nobody. There was only a few who stood up to be counted to be black. Only a few. People like Gary Foley and all those people they were activists at the time. They were nowhere near these people. Where's their family? These idiots of a people, where were their family? 
during the 70s, 80s and 90s. We're them marching for black rights. If you want to go at me, don't be cowards and use the digital way. That's a coward act. And not only this, I spoke to Ken about the disunity to say. This idea of a petition to have a go at the design of the flag, it has fractured the unification of our people. It has fractured it. And you know what? That fracture has repercussions if we were to step forward for a treaty. Because we have to be united to get a treaty, not just a handful are going to speak. It's the whole country of us and the white supporters that want us to have it too. It's an embarrassment, this, this, these groups of people. Are an embarrassment. So I'm making it clear that the Aboriginal flag, I own these exclusive rights to it. I still own that. I am the custodian. So is my family. So is the tribes. I'm like, they are the first peoples. Even though the flag is for those who've lost everything, when people have lost their culture and identity, what can they go to? They go to the Aboriginal flag. See? They use the Aboriginal flag, no matter how fair or blue eyes or black, or black eyes, you're the same people, according to me and according to the Aboriginal flag. That was uh, Harold Thomas there, the creator and copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag, speaking with Karmas Paul Wiles. We're going to go to a quick break now before returning to that conversation. You're listening to Strong Voices on Karma Radio. Yes, good morning. That's right. You're listening to Strong Voices, where uh, Karmas Paul Wiles has been speaking with literature one by man, uh, Harold Thomas, who is the creator and copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag. We're going to continue hearing that conversation now. Harold, um, just to cover some of these claims, and one of them goes back to art school. There was an assertion made uh, that um, you had borrowed this design off a student. Can you just put that right? Well, in the court case, he was a student in 1973. That's answered the question. Flag was done in 1971. If you look in the court details, the evidence show this joker, I could say other words, this joker was at an Aboriginal kind of art environment and I used to teach art, not a, a real art school, but I used to offer my services and do that. 1973, 1972, the flag was made. Without the embassy, get the facts right. Uh, Jeff Clark uh, has made uh, an accusation that um, on two occasions, the issue around the copyright of the flag, one was at Bazo's Farm here in Alice Springs at a land council meeting, and the other yeah. was when he was the... Head of ATSIC, he said that money had been paid to you for the ownership of the flag. Can you put that right? No, not for the ownership. Compensation. Compensation. That's all. For using the Aboriginal flag without permission. What? Without permission. Without respecting it. And they knew it. All those people knew it. Because I won the court case... What? They had to compensate me. They compensated me. End mm. of story. You've got to get the facts right. We, they did not buy the rights of the Aboriginal fair. That is an outright lie. Jeff should know better than that. He wants to do his homework. It was compensation for the use 
of the Aboriginal flag without my permission. Fact. The meeting at Bazos again, he said there was some sort of a verbal agreement about usage of the flag. Can you correct that if it's wrong? Something said. you got halfway questions here. Something was said. But I presume he's saying to you now, or you're digging up the past yourself. See, in the old days, if blacks have grievances with one another, you don't go to the press. They go to social media. Gutless. Your connection to this flag from a cultural perspective, what it means to you and your family, how does that relate to Australia as a nation? Can we just revisit that? What is your hope for the flag going into the future? Well, my hope, I know, because I'm confident my people see the truth in this. The fact is that these sort of people getting a lie and a half lie and all these sorts of things, and unfortunately, if those people have an opinion... They want to check the facts. Instead of blindly listening to someone who's there on emotional kick, who's there to promote her business, then you'll always mess yourself up. And, and it's a wrong thing for Aboriginals to go and uh, be on a petition when they don't know all the facts and who's leading this charge. Where does this information go to? Uh, just, just ludicrous. But I tell you, the, uh, the Aboriginal flag will endure long after me. It will endure long after my great-grandchildren. People will carry on with stuff like this, but the, the design and the concept is right for our people. The, and it's for the unification. We've had a little bit of trouble now. It's a fracture. It's a hair fracture. But those who sign the petition must wake up to themselves. The flag is someone's creation. One of your mob, right? We, we believe passionately for justice and rights for our people when we had nothing. Must remember, in 1971, the Aboriginal flag was created by myself. The Aboriginal Medical and Legal Service were created, created two months later. So that triad of our own institution is fixed. The, the services go hand in hand with the Aboriginal flag. They have been the uh, focal point where the Aboriginal flag was used first and remains with them. They, they have a political consciousness about it because it was the political aspect of the flag is to stand up and be counted, be proud of who you are, and don't shirk away. Be strong Aboriginal men and women. You know? That's basically what's happened. So we've created three institutions. We've had Department of Affairs, we've had the Congress, we've had ATSEC, we've had these so-called advisors coming and go. But what remains steady, steady, is the Aboriginal flag, legal aid, Aboriginal legal aid, and Aboriginal medical service. These are there. They've outshone every situation created by the government or other Aboriginals who try to create things. This is the point of this story. You cannot see Aboriginal flag in isolation. It's doing its job. You know, it's giving them that thing which they have always wanted, that unification. The flag does that. Again, just to dispel fears and gossip and innuendo about use of the flag. The language is important here. It says 
and in this case, an exclusive agreement. That means I say you can have this agreement to utilise the Aboriginal flag for the following, which could be T-shirts, which could be socks or whatever. Whatever I feel is I'm comfortable about, right? We have that. That's the way it is, and they respect that. If they say they want something else in the agreement, I say no. You have an exclusive agreement that means you can make these products and sell it, right? Preferably in Australia. See, the agreement with with um, Karen Richardson is exclusive to that company and all their products are made in Australia, okay? Made in Australia. From time to time, garments and clothing come from overseas during that long period when I had no control. And where were the blacks in this case? They were buying it off non-Aboriginal companies who were making the profit. Let's talk about this profit business. Since 1971 up until 1997, millions of dollars have gone to whites, not black people. Black, black people are, are giving their money to these people who didn't have a legitimate claim right to manufacture the Aboriginal flag in any shape or form. But I didn't see anybody saying, oh, you've got, you, you cannot do that uh, product there. You don't have a license for it. You have to get it off the right person. Not one of these people who probably signed that agreement ever, ever done that. And they probably, those people have bought illegal items off these uh, non-Aboriginal companies since 1971 to 1997. You go, you tell that story to them. What's, what's their answer? No, damn cowards. It was I who stood up for the flag. That's the point. I stood up for the flag against being recognised under the flag act. Not one of these people came with me. Hey, brother, I'm bes beside you. The only one was Gary Foley, because he was witness to the design of the flag. He sh I showed him clearly on that day, that I, and I had made. But you must remember these things. When you ask the question that I gave, it's a contractual arrangement under law that you make an agreement. You can make an agreement for one day, two days, or a week, or for a number set of garments then that's called a non-exclusive agreement. Then they go away. But those who want an exclusive one, pay for it. It doesn't come free to them. They've got to pay. And as a consequence, they do the right job. I get a royalty uh, uh, fee on it. That's normal when you own copyright. That is a normal factor. If you, if you sell things, like CDs, you sell anything, you get a royalty. And generally, they're not great royalties. They are marginal and less than marginal. You're listening to Strong Voices on Calm Radio. We're going to be hearing more from the uh, creator and copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag, uh, Harold Thomas, right after this. You're listening to Strong Voices on Calm Radio. That's right. You've been listening to Strong Voices on Calm Radio this uh, Monday morning. We've been hearing from uh, literature uh, one by man, uh, Harold Thomas, who's the creator and copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag, who's been speaking with uh, Karma's Paul Wiles. We're going to go into the uh, final part of that conversation now. 
With the agreement that you've made with the clothing company, under Australian law, they are quite in their right to say no one else can use the Aboriginal flag logo on clothing. That's a fact. There's clothing that's specific. It's the way it is, the business, the way it is. And what it is, there are Aboriginal organisations out there that engage with uh, WAM clothing and they're happy to go along with it. More of them than one person that's carrying on. There are there's about a hundred Aboriginal companies out there, the small ones, that say we cooperate, right? And they've done it whilst this was happening. Whilst this was happening, Wham had notified people, uh, would you like to uh, be engaged with an agreement? to keep selling those products, and there's a, an agreement of uh, respect of royalty. You get that? That's been happening by a number of Aboriginal companies. Harold, the company has challenged both the AFL and NRL about use of the flag during the Indigenous round. Where do you sit well, with that? I can't comment on that because that's an ongoing discussion. What goes with this is you have to have information, and you must be clear with facts and figures. You've got to get them right. And you have to articulate, articulate properly that makes sense. Not yell and scream and carry on and play this role, I'm the victim, like this person. So she's playing the card of a victim. And that's gone. That is gone. This victim mentality will grown. I mean, the flag will be 50 years in a couple of years, 50 years. And what good it has done on, during that is immeasurable. People have passed on and placed it over the coffin, just and in their houses. You can't believe how deep it matters to the psychic of our people, how deep it is. Mm. And what that girl has done has harmed that. And people who feel really close to the flag has reacted on misinformation, lies. That's all. That's regarding that. And yeah. those people, let's put it this way, no medical, legal companies, Aboriginal, have come forward and supported this person. No major black Aboriginals, you know, in the last 50, have come forward and follow this person. All these smart people out there ne- haven't come with this. It's just a few people who've got misinformation that's following a lie, an absolute lie, and discrediting and fracturing the unity of Aboriginal people. What we want is to move on from this and get our eyes focused on what NADOC is doing. It's about the treaty. We need all our efforts. Everyone, even those that signed, foolish people as they are, you have to... Move on, because there's a bigger picture here. It's a unification. It's a unification before we can get to that treaty. Because every one of us matters. The least, the meek of us, those in the park, and those in Arnhem those at Anangul country, those at Redfern and La Perouse, you know, were all relevant. And that flag is there for that. I think it's significant that people understand the role that you played back in the 70s 
in the yeah. Aboriginal movement. And you've mentioned the name Gary Foley. I mean, Gary yeah. is still acknowledged as one who played a vital role in Aboriginal rights in this country. I'd suggest that you, you're right up there with him. Well, I don't want to claim anything or position myself anything, but uh, it's, a, it's a strength of character of my brother Gary, and I have strength of character, and we believe as young men we've just got to get on with our lives and deal with issues, political issues, in different parts of this country. He's a... Uh, Sydney guy from the east. He's a Koori. At that time, I was, I was regarding myself as a Nanga because I lived in Adelaide. But I know we all uh, get back to our roots proper. And I said, well, I'm a literature man and a Wambai man. And my wife and family are all connected to that. But there was a very few of us. And there were wonderful people at the Tent Embassy. That the talk is really what a young black activist was saying in the past, but it's historical now. I'm talking about historical, but that's how our minds were, the Foley's and us. And we're all weaving and saying our stories, And but my family had found a place where it should go, the first story at the place where I was born. And that's all I have to say. That was uh, Harold Thomas, the creator and copyright owner of the Aboriginal flag, speaking with Karma's Paul Wiles. That uh, full interview will be up on uh, the Karma webpage later this afternoon. That's karma.com.au. We're going to be hearing the latest in uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander news from across the country and a bit of a wrap-up near the tail end of the program. What's up? You're listening to Strong Voices on Karma Radio. That's right, you're listening to Strong Voices on Karma Radio. Great to have your company today. I'm very happy to welcome into the Karma studio, Karma's uh, Paul Wiles and Damien Williams. Welcome to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Paul, we'll go to you first. I understand you have a story this morning in regards to uh, Play School's new character. Well, we do. Uh, but first of all, I would like to um, just thank Harold Tom- Thomas for uh, coming to Karma uh, with that uh, exclusive interview. We know that uh, Harold has been in uh, great demand across the country. He uh, and his family did want the uh, story to uh, uh, come from Karma, uh, the place uh, Mbantua, the place uh, where Harold was born. And uh, uh, we do thank uh, Harold and his family for uh, giving us that opportunity to share that with the rest of the country. But um, moving on, um, of course, uh, um, very shortly, NADOC Week's coming up and uh, Play School has a brand, a brand new cast member. Uh, Kia uh, is the new staff member. Uh, and uh, Kia, of course, is a Aboriginal doll. And uh, she will be uh, joining the rest of the Play School crew. I actually haven't watched Play School for some time. <laughs> um, I don't know who's on there at the moment. Anyone with children? Anyone been watching Play School? Not for a very long time. Not since I was a kid, I think, myself. Right. Yeah, but I don't know the old cast. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll, we will catch up on, on that. But uh, great, great that, um, you know, a, an Aboriginal doll has been exposed to young children and um, hopefully they, those young children will grow up with uh, at least an understanding that there are uh, other uh, other people in this country uh, with different skin colour, but uh, uh, great news um, for uh, the mob. And um, Damo, you can go to yours, and if I have time, I do have one other story. 
Yeah. So, Dame, I understand this morning you do have a story in regards to history that's been unearthed in uh, the Murray River. Yes, uh, a team of archaeologists um, has been working uh, with First Nations peoples to uncover the history of the land occupation on um, Kalpuram Station along the Murray River and um, eight researchers from the U- Flinders University led by Associate Professor Amy Roberts um, has joined the South Murray and Mallee Aboriginal Corporation in the collaborative project which spans from um, the present day as well. So um, when the team began the project, the, the known time frame for Aboriginal occupation in South Australia's uh, river area um, goes back you know, 4,700 years, um, and that's just a rough estimate. But, uh, yeah, the the crew is looking to find out, you know, who and how many people were living up and down um, the river as well. So some um, awesome research coming out of that. Always interesting, you know, when you get to see the, the history into the certain areas, Getting unearthed and, and, and getting to that insight into, you know, what, what the mob are actually doing, really. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, well, as we all know, uh, a lot of people would have been living up and down the rivers um, and, uh, you know, fishing, living and just surviving down there as well. So mm. the rivers, of course, uh, um as as we know, uh, more in more recent times, the significance of the uh, Australian river system uh, to growing of crops uh, um, has had a, a vital role. Well, uh, obviously, thousands and thousands of years ago, likewise, it played a, a significant uh, role in the food chain for uh, Aboriginal people. And uh, uh, one part of that, Damo, you were saying that they'd unearthed old fish traps that had mm. been underwater. Yeah, so, you know, and who knows how long um, those were there for as well. I mean, just because of the, the water dropped to yeah. a, a, such a level and, like, yeah. just thinking of how um, water flows were back in the old days as well to be able to have those fish traps so low um, mm. down in the river and then, yeah, coming undone, uh, coming uncovered. Great story. We'll follow that yes. one up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just briefly, just, just very briefly, uh, the Productivity Commission is calling for help with uh, uh, Aboriginal or from Aboriginal organisations uh, to help evaluate uh, how government policies are impacting on uh, First Nations peoples. The Commission's dedicated Indigenous Commissioner is travelling around the country to gain uh, feedback um, and uh, as uh, as we mentioned, um, they are seeking uh, uh, information from on-the-ground on the organisations. So um, you know, we will uh, keep an eye on that. The um, government did cop a bit of a, a beating last week over that issue, uh, uh, the actual uh, value out of the 5.1 Indigenous Advancement Strategy, 5.1 billion Indigenous Advancement Strategy. So um, mm. a review is ongoing. Yeah. Well, on that note, Paul, Damien, thank you both for joining us for the news from around the country. Thank you. Cheers. Well, that's going to conclude Strong Voices for this Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks again to Damien and Paul for joining us. And thanks to Harold as well, our, our special guest uh, joining us, uh, speaking about the Aboriginal flag this morning. You can uh, catch that interview up on the Karma webpage later this afternoon. Strong Voices. Good job.